Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And welcome back to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. This is podcast episode 157, 10 Reasons to Skip the Flu Shot. Now we've spoken about the flu vaccine in the past, and it seems that every year we hear from the CDC how ineffective the last round of flu vaccines were, and it'll probably be the same again next spring Mm -hmm. when the data's tallied. However, we think there are some things to consider relative to this year's pharmaceutical attempt to beat Mother Nature at her own game. And so we have 10 reasons not to get it. Yes, and also they were saying the inhaling vaccine, the nasal mist mist Mm -hmm. for 2017 and 2018, they are not recommending it because apparently it doesn't work. Yeah. So, so And that would be the only real safe one anyway. Yeah, because because at least it's going mm -hmm. through natural barriers. Yeah, natural filtration in your body. But anyway, but before we get to that, for our regular listeners, the next four minutes is our financial stuff. So you know you can fast forward through it if you choose. But for our new listeners, please listen at least one time so you understand how we do things around here. We want to take a few minutes to talk about why we do not have sponsors. Yeah, we've been approached many times to sell different products on our show. But we've always been compelled to resist these financially tempting offers because the work we're doing here is just too important to be beholden to some brand names who could object or even try to gain editorial control over some of the forbidden things that we say. Yeah, so we would never allow this kind of advertising on our show. And others have mentioned that while the knowledge we share cannot be found anywhere else, it is often tied to products such as the whole food supplements from the oldest nutritional company in America, Standard Process, which we often reference during our shows. And this also would include our own ageless thyroid and long-life energy enzymes. Yeah, and so you might ask, could not our own products be creating conflicts of interest? I mean, have we mistakenly created an infomercial Instead of free knowledge podcasts. No, no, no. We do this on purpose. Yes, we do. Years of experience in our clinics. And almost half a million downloads of our podcasts have taught us a few things. And the most important is that the type of nutrient-dense foods most of us need to get our bodies actually healing from years of malnutrition are not easily integrated in most of our lives. Yeah, the quest for excellence in nutrition has never been an easy endeavor. Yeah, no one wants to eat raw liver. (laughs) But absolutely no one is going to sign up to eat raw liver daily for six months if, if if that's what it's going to take. Well, some people will. A patient of ours found she was told she had a f- only a few months to live and refusing that notion. She went home and threw some liver in a blender with a few spices and drank that every day for months. Yes. She lived very well for another 20 years. Yeah, I, I met her more than 20 years ago when we were both doing a radio show at the same station. But many people will not do that. Well, no. Yeah. No, so let us be clear. We reference one-of-a-kind whole food supplements from the nutrition company Standard Process because this is a way to realistically nourish ourselves with the whole food and organ meats we would never eat on a daily basis. And the reason we do our podcast this way is because it has saved our lives and countless others that we've worked with over the years. So we sell supplements and we try to give free knowledge away about how nutrition touches every aspect of our lives, and so necessarily these two overlap. But we want to be very clear here. Some of you may feel real hardship with even a modest monthly donation and cannot afford even a single month's supply of supplements. So please then, 
do not buy our supplements. Or even try to financially support our show in any way if you cannot afford to. This free information will still be yours forever. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, and we want you to take it and use it with our blessing. But if you like what we do at Forbidden Doctor, there are several ways you can still support us. Yeah, you, you can leave a positive comments or reviews on our website underneath the podcast or on iTunes or YouTube or like us on Facebook yeah. and follow us on Twitter or yeah. on Instagram. That type of support for us is free. It costs you nothing, and we would greatly appreciate it, and it would greatly help our mission. Yeah. So if, if you're ready to take your first steps for your own health, take our free symptom survey and let our nutrition specialists develop a personalized protocol for you, and then try some of these one-of-a-kind whole food supplements for yourself. Yeah, there's a link for this free survey on the very top red bar on every page of our website, ForbiddenDoctor.com. Now, if you already support our show, thank you. Yes. And please know that you are the very reason we fight this good fight. Your support makes this all possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now on with the things they don't want you to know. Yes, yeah, so everywhere you turn this fall... And look around at any health facility and any non-health facility, for Pete's sake, like the YMCA or college campuses, even in the middle of the mall where you shop, these chemical cocktails are being handed out like candy on Halloween. Oh, everywhere you turn. You yeah. Can't, you can't pass. I mean, they're almost as um, uh, plentiful as uh, 7-Elevens. Yeah. And without one word of its contents, risks, or side effects... The, the like the flu inoculation is as much a part of American culture anymore as mom, apple pie, and the girl you left behind. Now, does that mean anything to you, the girl you left behind? <laughs> I mean, that was World War II. Yeah, you're old. <laughs> yeah, well, I, did, I was not in World War well, II. I My guess... father was as a teenager. Yeah. I wasn't. But that's that's how they would always say, yeah, it's mom, apple pie, and the girl you left it's behind. It's not politically correct to say the girl anymore. You can say the boy oh, or the, the person, girl. The, the person, person you left behind. <laughs> yes, the person you left yes. behind. But people's jobs are at risk yes, here. Are. Um, healthcare providers are being told to get the shot or do not report for oh, work. Unbelievable. And it might not be long before businesses outside of healthcare might try that on their employees, or or you can't get your um, driver's license unless oh, that, you have. Or you can't fly on a commercial airline. There's I mean, that too. There are those who are saying that day's coming. And you know, we saw an interview the other day with a lady that wore a mask, and she was grateful to be able to wear the mask. She says other hospitals they lost their jobs. Oh yes, that's but right. She wore her mask for three years, and she said, "Do you know what it's like? It's like worse than a burqa." Because 12 hours a day. 12 they work hours 12 a day. hour shifts. They have to have the thing on all day. Oh. It's just, it's just, and she had control. some colleagues that just couldn't do it, just said no. Well, this is, you know, until the pharmaceutical industries subsidize the non healthcare businesses like they do the hospitals, mm. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, hospitals, clinics, schools, colleges, the other uh, public facilities get involved with kickbacks. When a sufficient percentage of the attendees, the students, the employees, whatever, are inoculated on time and with the prescribed schedule of shots. Uh, that's called payola. <laughs> this is how you get payola. Lots of money. <laughs> I can only ask one thing. Has the whole world gone mad? <laughs> well, in case you haven't noticed, every Walmart, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Target, CVS Pharmacy in the country is once again fear-mongering. They're, they're, they're in this mode of fear-mongering when it comes to pushing their customers to get the flu shot. 
But for all of the reasons that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, say that Americans should just roll over and take the seasonal jab, there's plenty more scientific reasons not to. So the following 10 reasons are topping the list. Yeah, and this uh, comes largely from uh, naturalnews.com, Mike Adams, but we have annotated a lot of it. Mm Mm-hmm. But we want to give him credit. Yeah, so number one, you take number one. Well, the title of it, too, first of all, is there isn't just one good reason to avoid the flu shot. There are ten. Yes, yeah, (laughs) ten right now. We could come up with ten more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, number one is that most flu shots still contain the neurotoxic mercury in the form of thimerosal. So while many of, you know, the childhood vaccines, they've had the thimerosal removed and, you know, just up the aluminum, most removed... Most of them have removed mercury, gratefully, from that, except for trace amounts. But flu shots are among the remaining holdouts. Yes. Even though there's admittedly no safe amount of mercury that can be injected into the human yeah, body. So regardless <laughs> of whether you're talking uh, the form of mercury in the, as methylmercury mm-hmm. or ethylmercury, mercury doesn't just wait around before its neurotoxic effect occurs. Uh, videos have shown that the mercury only has to be in proximity to a nerve to cause immediate damage. Yeah, we've talked about that yeah, before. It doesn't even have to touch the nerve. It doesn't even have to. It's so toxic. So number two, believe it or not, many flu shots also contain dangerous antibiotic drugs like neomycin and gentamicin mm. that can contribute to the development of these um, antibiotic-resistant superbugs. These same antibiotics can also damage a person's beneficial gut bacteria. Yeah which makes them more prone to gastrointestinal issues and other forms of disease. Uh, And could this not be a reason then for many people getting violently sick following a flu shot, which is nothing more than damage to the gut where 85% of our immune system is located anyway? Yeah. So uh, how many people, I mean, everybody has heard of somebody who got a flu shot and got sick or got the flu. Well, it may not have been the flu. It may have been nothing more than some opportunistic infection that came along simply because their gut resistance was gone from the antibiotics in the shot. Yeah, we read a ridiculous report last night when we were preparing for this where a um, woman, um, she's an MD, said that you need to get antibiotics after you get the flu shot so you don't sp- oh, geez. so you don't spread the flu. And I, you know, <laughs> well, there's viral shedding going on there. I think we're going to talk about I know, about but that. an antibiotic doesn't help viruses. So it doesn't... Yes, I know. It doesn't make any sense, except for damage your gut flora. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number three. Independent laboratory tests have shown that many flu shots are contaminated with glyphosate, the primary active ingredient in Monsanto's um, Roundup herbicide. Can you believe this? Glyphosate. And it's associated with Lyme disease diagnoses, um, autism, irritable bowel syndrome, of course, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, just that, and has been declared by the World Health Organization, the WHO, to be probably carcinogenic. Yeah, probably. Probably. So number four, flu shots are also loaded with other toxic substances like aluminum, uh, formaldehyde, mm. carbolic acid, even antifreeze. Polysorbate, uh, polysorbate 80. Polysorbate mm-hmm. 80. We may, if we have time, get into that by the end of the podcast. And all adjuvants that sound science has shown are highly toxic to the human body. Now, an adjuvant is something that's added to the vaccine uh, cocktail to make your body recognize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, pharmaceutical companies say, well, it's in there to help stimulate the immune system. 
Well, the immune system needs stimulation when you put in something dead into it because otherwise it wouldn't recognize it. Just a little protein. Yep. Yeah. So number five, while flu shots are branded as a type of cure for disease, the studies show that they actually cause and spread disease. As many as 80% of people who get the flu jab continue to shed or spread the virus for a full week after being vaccinated. Now, viral shedding is simply the way, it's one of the many ways that a virus will replicate itself. And when it does, the virus takes over a cell, uh, gets involved with the uh, transcription processes between the DNA and the RNA and rework the purpose of that cell from what it was doing before, liver, heart, kidney, whatever, now into a a, uh, viral manufacturing plant. Baby machine. That's right, a viral baby machine. And you and so this explosion of viral elements will be in the air that you breathe out, coughing, sneezing. It will be in your uh, waste product, urine or uh, bowel. And you will be shedding viruses for up to a week after the inoculation if there is any live virus present in the inoculation at all. Yeah. So that's why you can get the flu just being around somebody that got a flu shot. Yeah, and, you know, they're forcing grandmothers and grandpas to get flu shots and every other vaccination before they'll let them see their grandchildren. And little do they know they're walking in with this viral shedding. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, they had just... Say they just had received the uh, vaccine two or three days before. The shedding process has already started. Now now that they got the shot, they can go see their grandkids when they're much more t- problematic than they were before they got the shot. Yeah, remember we used to tell Rourke to be very careful the beginning of every school oh, year yeah. because all this viral all shedding... All these kids are going to be getting vaccinations and you want to stay as far away from them as you can because you're going to pick up mm-hmm. some laboratory-created disease from these kids during Especially, viral shedding process. you know, in the bathroom oh, yeah. from the bowel movements. You never hear and them these, talking about this in the news, but no, this is a very real... No, these kids real... don't wash their hands after oh, bowel gosh, movements no. either, so... Yeah, okay. Number six, the human brain isn't exactly a fan of flu shots. As studies have shown, the people who get them have a substantially higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease and dementia. People who get flu shots have a tenfold increased risk of Alzheimer's. In fact which is due to the shot's inflammatory effects inside the body and their brain. Yes. So you can't bathe the brain with these chemicals, not to mention other sensitive tissues, and not create a sustained inflammatory reaction. And we're going to talk about how that gets to the brain in just a few minutes. Yeah, and we've just recently finished a podcast on inflammation Mm -hmm. and how chronic inflammation may be at the heart and root of all disease processes. Mm -hmm. So number seven. Flu shots are also associated with a deadly neurological condition known as Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS, which the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services lists as among the top adverse effects associated with flu shots. Now, that's a government agency warning about this. Wow. And I'm thinking maybe the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC should sit down and take lunch <laughs> once in a while and share their research. Well, it's not funny because that can be deadly. If oh, yeah. it paralyzes the lungs, mm, that's bad. You can die. So, you know, not only is it debilitating when the whole left side or whole, you know, side of your body goes, you know, looks like you've had a stroke. Um, It can be self-limiting. You can come out of it. But even still, who wants to go through that? I'd rather have the flu. Thank you very much. All right. Number nine. Number eight. You skipped eight. Number eight. Yeah. Health and Human Services also warns that flu shots are prone to causing viral mutations, which like antibiotics 
can cause antibiotic-resistant superbugs. Ooh, that's a little scary. Yes. And number nine, do you want to take that one? Sure. When it comes to one's overall risk of disease, then that risk, of course, increases across the board in conjunction with getting flu shots. And there have been many proven cases of flu shots causing conditions like transverse myelitis, uh, gastroparesis, brachial neuritis, Bell's palsy, transverse myelitis. Guillain-Barre. Guillain-Barre, of course, Mm -hmm. that we just talked about. Transverse myelitis is, is a really nasty one. It's, it's where an infection goes all the way across the spinal cord at some level. If it's up in the neck, you're in serious trouble. If it's in the low back, you, you know, you're, you're a little better off because you can have use of your upper extremities, but not the lower. Gastroparesis is just where your digestive system goes on strike. Don't have peristalsis yeah, food anymore. Yeah, could, could, food could stay in the stomach for hours without ever coming out. It could get locked up in the small intestine somewhere for hours and not get moving along. Brachial neuritis is uh, inflammation of the brachial um, complex that's uh, up and down nerves out of, coming out of the spine, going into the spine with through the arm. Uh, it can lead to serious immobility of uh, so if the you upper have a, extremity. An arm you can't move after frozen a frozen shoulder, yeah. things like this. Uh, brachial neuritis is more than that, but. It's you, you, you're, you're going to have pain and uh, other sensations in the arm and probably severely restricted range of motion. Yeah. Well, in number 10, da, 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 perhaps the, first, the worst thing about flu shots is that they don't even work. They often don't even work. Yeah. The entire flu shot industry is based around a guessing game of trying to predetermine which flu strains are going to circulate in a given year. That process... Far from being scientific, probably better resembles a game of darts than science-based medicine. But, you know, they have to guess, and so I understand that. But what you're giving up for a short-term infectious problem, uh, the flu, could be long-term chronic issues. Well put. So instead of taking flu shots, it's probably better to go what you and I do, the natural route by building up immunity through diet and lifestyle, Build the immune system, get plenty of rest, you know, drink adequate amounts of water, pick some kind of an exercise routine you like and can actually <laughs> live with. And I'm always asked this in the office, what's the best exercise? Number one is walking. Number two is swimming. Ooh, and yeah. most people, you know, can do that kind of stuff yeah. without having to go out and spend a lot of money at the, at the gym lifting. But although resistance exercises, you know, the weight kind of stuff is very, very good for the body's ability to handle sugar and burn up extra sugar and energy in the body. It's also good for the heart. It's good for stimulation of the brain. But you can just Google uh, flu shot effects. Side effects. Side effects. Flu shot side effects or flu shot risks or flu shot effectiveness. And there's going to be many, many well-researched sources than you'll ever have time to read. That will appear. So you can get this information for yourself. You don't have to take it from us. Well, let, let's, let's talk just for a minute about our son. He's 19, and he's going to the University of Utah, and they said he could not get his grades or sign up for the next quarter if he didn't have a vaccine exemption. Now, they told him that he has to have a medical vaccine exemption. They did not tell him the Utah law that states you can have a religious reason because our vaccine laws changed last July 2018, mm-hmm. and you could just have a um, personal reason, but now you have to have a religious reason or a medical 
reason. So I called up, I talked to the vaccine person up at the University of Utah, the lady, and I said, why didn't you tell our son that he could have a, a religious exemption? And she didn't really answer me, but I said, you know, this has delayed him signing up for new classes. The classes he want might be take might be gone, and you could have easily told him. He said you somebody at your office said he can only have a medical. Have a medical. That's so we all. used his medical from last year at a private school, a prestige private school in the Salt Lake Which County area. Which they can do that, and they wouldn't accept it. Yeah, private school can do, you know, they can say people with blue hair can't come to the school, but they... But so, the university is state-supported, tax-supported, yes. so... So they have to follow the law, yep. and in Utah, luckily, it's still the law. This is just amazing that you could mandate putting chemicals into your bloodstream. Well, we put our heads together and came up with a religious uh, form, exemption for him that he turned in, and they accepted it. Yeah. Well, they had to. Do you want to read it? She told me. She was really uppity with me, and she said, you know, if you you have to send in a letter, because I said, where's this form we fill out, this religious exemption form? And she said, well, obviously they don't have one. So, no. so she said, you have to send a letter in, and you have to say... It, Why? Well, you have to state that it is your strong belief, yep. as I'm furiously writing these notes down. So... Here's what we came up with. <laughs> uh, this is what our son came up with. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to whom it may concern, I am requesting a religious exemption for vaccines based on the following information. My body is a temple, as stated in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17, and the toxic chemicals contained in vaccine injections are very neurotoxic and damaged nerve tissue. Some ingredients of these vaccines contain the DNA of foreign life forms, which according to my beliefs are not to be put into my body. These are an insult to the temple of my body and are injurious to my health. Below I list only one set of ingredients of one vaccine cocktail taken from the CDC website, but I could list many more. Here are the ingredients in this very common vaccine, the DTaP Hep B IPV vaccine. First one is uh, formaldehyde. formaldehyde. Then there's glutaraldehyde, aluminum hydroxide, Ooh. aluminum phosphate. Ooh, two aluminums. Lactalbum, uh, lactalbumin hydro hydrosylate, polysorbate 80, neomycin sulfate, polymyxin B. That's the antibiotic. Yeast protein, calf serum. Mm, DNA, man. Yeah, calf blood. Right into the bloodstream. The Fenton medium that contains bovine extract. So you got calf and then bovine twice. Modified latham medium that's derived from bovine casein. Protein, yeah. Protein from the milk. Modified stainer Schulte liquid medium. And vero monkey kidney cells. Yeah, so the letter goes on. These, especially the monkey kidney cells, will cause some level of autoimmune dysregulation. You should never have DNA of another species or even your own in your bloodstream. The body is very careful to keep these out. These chemicals are very toxic to my body. Again, my body is a temple of the Lord, and I'm commanded to keep it clean. Here it comes. I have very strong beliefs in this area, so I'm requesting a religious exemption in as much as this completely conflicts with my religious beliefs. I am in excellent health, and I do not want to inject these noxious chemicals into my bloodstream, especially polysorbate 80, which opens up the blood-brain barrier, as this is the same chemical they use on patients with brain cancer to enable the chemotherapy, to get into their brain. This would enable the aluminum hydroxide 
and or ethyl mercury to pass through my blood-brain barrier in direct violation of my religious beliefs. Vaccinations always cause some level of autoimmune dysregulation. Dysregulation. Good. And then I put the link to a table that shows all the vaccinations and everything that they have in there and signed it very sincerely, Rourke Hamilton Stockwell. Now, we want to talk just a second about this polysorbate 80. Um, what it does is help, they use it, as, as I said, in chemotherapy to help cross the brain-blood barrier. Now, in the vaccine, there's not that much. There's not a ton, but there have been tremendous side effects, and we don't have time to read all of these that I've been reading, but there's a lot of side effects when you use it in conjunction with the aluminum because it helps bring aluminum into the brain. But vaccination after vaccination after vaccination after vaccination, this builds up and can really be rough. Now, the reason I mention this, because some people will say, oh, it dissipates. Oh, no, it isn't. It oh, it doesn't build up. Or there's not much in there. Yeah. Well, let me explain something. When our son, Rourke, this is the, our son that, was try, that is trying to get or did get this exemption. When he was in brain surgery, which he had, and that's a whole other podcast. I think we did one on that. Yes, we did. His brain surgeon took off part of his skull, two parts of his skull, actually, and said it was the only child he's done brain surgery on. Where only. Only child. he's done hundreds. That he could plop. Pop, and that's the way he said it. He says it was so weird. I always try to fit their original cranium, you know, bone back onto their brain, on you know, onto their skull, but I never can. And he said this was the very first one where I d- it went plop, plop, just right back into place, right back into place. So our brain surgeon said every other child that he's operated on, their brain swells up to such an extent that he cannot put the cranium back yeah, on. Yeah, there's some underlying inflammation that once the part of the skull was removed, it allowed the swelling of that brain to go outside the borders of that skull, which is why he could not put the real skull back on. They had to put on plastic pieces instead. No, they put instead. metal. He said ment- metal. Metal. Can you imagine a huge metal plate in your had the size of what he took out. I what mean, if they haven't finished growing yet? Well, and that's the thing. It Ro- will alter the shape of the skull. Sure. Because parts of the skull will have to expand to make up for the part of the skull that doesn't because it's locked into place yeah. because of the steel. Metal does not the grow. Metal. Titanium so he's problem. grown about five inches since then. Yeah. And can you imagine what his head would look like? And you wonder, do you have to go back in and do brain surgery and get a bigger metal plate in there? I mean, how horrible would that Well, usually, there, uh, I'm trying to think of the term of uh, cranioplagycephaly. Uh, oh, there's a term for uh, in the first or second year of life when the plates on one side of the skull fuse and the other side of the skull begin to expand. And... Um, You'll see little kids walking around with these helmets on that are trying to reposition these bones. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it requires surgery. Usually they just leave these tight things on their head long enough to reshape the head. Well, that's usually what happens in cases like this, too, uh, before the bones have completely set. Uh, bones grow longer in boys than they do girls. I don't mean length. I mean, boys' bone development goes on longer than a girl's does. Mm Usually about three to three and a half years after the onset of menses for a girl, her bones stop growing. But boys' bones can grow right into their early 20s. Well, this is what happened with Rourke, too. Yeah, they... and, and so, so if they had to stick in a titanium plate, mm-hmm. 
that's going to lock that side of the skull from growing anymore, and the other side of the skull is going to have to expand to make up for it. Ooh, and that, that will cause a misshapen skull. Misshapen. And he had it on one side and then in front. Yep. So, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so that's the thing with Rourke is that he grew about, I don't know, a foot in one year. And the neurosurgeon says his sinuses opened up and a very simple strep bacteria got into his brain and or sinuses. And then it closed back up and we locked it in there and locked it in there. It grew anaerobically. And so, um, you know, his own immune system could have easily taken care of that. Bacteria, but it couldn't get to it. Couldn't get to it. And even antibiotics could have, you know, taken care of it, but they couldn't get to it either. So they had to go and do surgery. Saved his life. That's why we're, you know, we've always been an advocate of crisis care. So we've told the story before, but the brilliant, most wonderful thing is, is that he did not have aluminum in his brain. and Because he's never had a vaccine. He's never had a vaccine. And they made so much fun of him in the hospital. They introduced him as the unvaccinated child. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? The neurosurgeon just said it saved him from... No, those, those metal plates in his head. Yep. He has his own cranium in his head. And so he's grown about five inches since then. I mean, he's 6'5". He's a huge boy. And um, he was just 15 at the time. And it happens more in boys. And that's what I was also going to say, too. Boys have this... Um, J.B. Handley talks about this feature, not feature, this um, tendency that boys have that girls don't seem to have as much, is when they're held down with no means of escape, they call white blood cells to their brain to help them out. Because men are warriors. I mean, boys are warriors. They're fighters. Girls, on the other hand, just surrender. And so they don't call the white blood cells. So that, in conjunction with polysorbate 80, pulling that aluminum into their brain very well, and we haven't done a study on this, but very well could have been the reason Rourke's brain did not swell in no. brain surgery. He didn't have any aluminum in his brain, and he didn't have a buildup or whatever. I don't know, but every other child that he's operated on, which I'm sure every other child's been vaccinated, especially in Utah here, the vaccination rate is sky high in Utah, always had a you know such inflammation. They couldn't put the brain their own cranium back on. So anyway, it, it totally blows my mind that so-called responsible parents will spend an hour reading food labels in the grocery yeah. store, yet these same parents fail to acquire any vaccine package inserts. No, they don't, do they? So they don't inquire into these ingredients that are being directly injected into their precious, innocent children. And, you know, you think about it, the thymus gland for most children is not fully developed until sometime around the age of three to seven years. So giving vaccines, which are intended to provoke an immune response prior to that time, will be largely ineffective for many children. Yep. So, Well, children just don't have the ability to create antibodies for the first 12 months of their life. Yeah, sometimes so, you know, longer. Any book on immunology will tell you that. Books on uh, um, um, immunophysiology um, will tell you the same thing. You know, when a baby's born for about the first three, four, five months of its life, it has its mother's antibodies swimming around inside of it. Mm -hmm. This is, in fact, where the uh, the old RH problem, the RH negative right. problem between mom and baby has been problematic in the past. <clears throat> but the baby is born with those antibodies. The baby has an innate immune system that it's born with, but it's very weak. And um, the whole idea of vaccinations is to force the formation of antibodies. And it will not happen in the first year of life in an infant. So then why 
do pediatric clinics insist on bringing children in to train them, to train the parents, train not the to parents. train the child. We, we've seen where a pediatrician admitted it or an we immunologist. We played that on our podcast We've played it on podcasts in the past. They admitted it. They said, well, it's to train the parents. It's trained the parents to come in for regular vaccines. And why do they want all these kids getting vaccinated? Because they get money under the table. They get paid bonuses based on the percentage, based on the percentage of the number of kids who get vaccinated. Okay, a really good book to read on this, and we hope to do a podcast on this someday. Um, it's It's a book from Dr. Thomas Cowan. It's called Vaccines, Autoimmunity, and the Changing Nature of Childhood Illness. You want to explain that changing nature for a second? Yeah. Um, The the autoimmune dysregulation that goes in, that is caused by these flu shots. When you inject kidney DNA into the bloodstream, where DNA has no business ever being in the bloodstream, you're going to create autoantibodies to the kidney. The kidney. And any mammal DNA will trigger the same response in any mammal. Any mammal, yep. So that's where all these autoimmune, so, the yeah, fastest yeah. growing disease um, category is, is autoimmunity. Is autoimmunity. And so it's, uh, the, the idea of the changing nature is the idea that uh, what used to be, when I was a little kid, I just turned 68, when I was a little kid, uh, sore throats, headache, maybe you vomit, maybe measles, a little diarrhea, mumps, flu, measles, chicken mumps, pox. chicken pox, <laughs> sore throat, this kind of stuff. Now... 30, the number, the latest number I saw, 35% of all children in America have some kind of a chronic condition. So we have Eczema, traded uh, infectious disease. Allergies. For, yes. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah, say that again. Yes, we've traded infectious disease for chronic disease. And as I said on our VIP webinar that we did a few days ago, this one mother was um, commenting on one of these sites. And she said, my 14-year-old daughter does not have one friend that doesn't have eczema. Yeah. Not one friend. That's one of the side effects of this stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So we listed the ingredients in general vaccines, or some of them, but you need to know the chemicals in the flu vaccine. And so we um, got a couple of how the far, most... How deep, how far do you want to go well, with I just want to because explain... Because we've got tons of notes here. Yeah, I just want to explain a couple of these. Okay. The most, um, most popular flu vaccines, um, they've got influenza, and then they have an influenza high dose. And they recommend... Fluzone. Fluzone, you're right. So influenza flu... flu. So it's trivalent and quadrivalent, meaning that it is targeting multiple antigens, not just one. Yeah, three and four. Mm-hmm. And for, they recommend among persons aged 65 years and older, Fluzone, the high dose, offers better protection against influenza as compared to the non-high dose one. And so that's what probably most people get. So the... The plain old one, the fluval, Flusolvax, is it has um, canine kidney in it, cell proteins. Of course, polysorbate 80. And by the way, polysorbate 80 has been shown to be harmful in animals. And so once you see that, do we really need to know anything else? I mean, yeah. they, they haven't done any studies with it on humans. And I have a study right here, but it's too long to write down. But it's a big study that it's on animals, but it's not on Humans and it talks about chronic exposure um, with these injections of polysorbate 80. 
and the problems they had. And then here's um, somebody that wrote in at the end of one of these articles we've been reading. My wife had an extreme reaction to a flu vaccine five years ago. She initially had stroke-like symptoms, there's the Guillain-Barre, and ultimately went into a coma for a month. Mm. The doctors acknowledged that her blood-brain barrier had been compromised. It seems that my wife... My wife's experienced, react, experienced reactions that could have been caused by polysorbate 80. Um, and then on the end of this article, it says, Influenza vaccine has long been known to cause brain inflammation, encephalitis. And, and that's what they said Rourke had, mm -hmm. the encephal... Um, the encephalon is your higher brain. It's the cortex. Yeah. And so whether it's encephalitis, which would be a direct inflammation of that, or encephalopathy which would be a condition of the encephalon, the higher brain. Anyway, it's the most frequently compensated vaccine for adult vaccine injuries in the federal vaccine injury compensation program, which is always a good argument for people who are kind of anti-vaccination, that uh, whenever you hear some medical professionals say, no, they're completely safe and effective, then why has the government paid out literally billions of dollars yeah to compensate for vaccine injury in adults alone, let and alone children. And those are the ones that are just reported because <clears throat> just, yeah. so many aren't reported and, you know, you can blame it on all kinds of other things. Um, it also has the influenza vaccine has um, acetyl trimethyl ammonium bromide. Oh, very good. Yeah, a little bromine in your Which brain. Which is an incipient. A little bromine, yeah. Let's, um, let's go there. And then there's some other things. Well, there's beta-propiolactone, and it's, uh, it's sterilizing, it's sporicidal, it kills spores as well. But the it International is. Agency for Research on Cancer and OSHA both say that this chemical causes human cancer. It says reasonably anticipated to be a human carcinogen. Yeah, that's from the International Agency of Research Jeez. on Cancer. OSHA, with their regulated... Um, uh, in their department, you know, in their rulings and everything else, they have OSHA-regulated carcinogens. And this is listed as one of the occupational carcinogens by OSHA. Boy. Okay, the and height... In, and we inject it in the body. <laughs> oh, but it's just <laughs> a little bit. Just get the flu. Okay, so high dose. And I, and I realize the flu is not anything to fool around with, especially with older people. So that's why you need to go listen to our podcast on what to do before, during, and after the yes. flu. But... So I'm not just flippantly saying, oh, just get the flu. I'm saying support yourself so you either don't get it or when you do, you support yourself or after so you don't get a secondary infection. So it is important to strengthen your body, not just cross your fingers. But um, the influenza high dose has the thimerosal in it. So that's the mercury that you don't want in you. It also has formaldehyde. It has um, gelatin. Um, they use a pork-based gelatin as a stabilizer. Um, let's see, it has egg protein. Can you say egg allergies? Mm. The CDC, here's, I'm quoting from the CDC, it says the flu shot is typically safe for people with egg allergies, but for those who have an egg allergy, they must mention it to the doctor before receiving the shot. A person with a severe egg allergy may require monitoring by a doctor following the injection. So they are admitting, hey, we're putting chicken egg protein, we're putting egg or chicken protein into your body. And then it has phosphate buffers and sucrose. So <laughs> no, I mean, sweeten it up a little bit. Well, sweeten it up because, <clears> you know, <throat> you don't want bad-tasting shots going into yeah. your bloodstream. But I think that's for the food for the yeast. But this, this influenza shot doesn't have any yeast in it. 
So that's weird that that would be in there. So there is a study that um, was done, two studies actually, that I'm going to talk about real quickly between the, um, the flu zone, high dose, and the regular flu zone. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. They had two sets of people, and they both got the flu shot. There was no control group. There was no control group that didn't get... In other words, there wasn't a group that didn't get the shot that they compared the reactions (laughs) against. (laughs) Well, I can understand why they wouldn't, because the control group would not have a reaction. There's no placebo, unless they... Let's say, you know, you could actually do that. You could take, the, you could take a co- uh, control group and just administer a saline solution shot, just saline and nothing else. Yeah. So I guess you could have, but in this case, they did not have a control group. So they had 2,573 high-dose recipients and 1,260 regular recipients with, those are the two different flu shots, the high and the low. And they experienced, um, let's see, 156 experienced severe adverse and a severe adverse event. And then they said no deaths were reported in 28 days post-vaccination, but a total of 23 deaths were reported during days 29 through six months post-vaccination. So now, the majority of these patients had a medical history of all kinds of different things. So maybe they died from that. I don't know. Um, But still, they had 23 deaths in about, what, uh, it's about 4,000 people. Then the second study has lots more people. They had 15,000 with the high dose and another 15,000 with the flu zone, um, regular dose vaccine. And they had, they had a 1,442 serious adverse events and post-vaccination. And then they had a total of 167 deaths were reported. Now, that's 9%. Nine percent had a serious adverse event. That's a lot. Nine percent. That's nine out of a hundred. If you were standing, if you were standing in line, serious, serious, trying to uh, find an answer to the question I just asked. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, because you said you said serious. I did. That's that's right. why Siri popped out. She heard it. She heard me. <laughs> we are never alone. <laughs> now, anyway. Nine percent, that's like 100 people lining up to get a vaccine. Nine of those 100 are going to have a serious. How many of them have a, an adverse reaction that isn't as serious? Yeah, but a serious adverse event. Is that, what... that you're going to go to the hospital with a serious adverse reaction. What are your chances of standing in line of 100 people down here at the local drugstore to get your $25 flu shot? Nine of you are going to have a serious reaction. Well, and then 167 deaths were reported. Okay, now that's they, a real serious one. Yeah, I mean, how many people would get on an airplane that knew? I mean, out of let's see, it's um, eighty point five among flu zone high dose recipients, and a total of six deaths were reported within thirty days post vaccination. Anyway, it's a percentage. I, I can't really find it here very fast. But how many would get on an airplane that knew that, oh, let's see, there's 0.5 that are not going to make it <laughs> or anything? I mean, I think you are much better off, this is a forbidden information, to get the flu versus the flu shot, but make sure you support your body through it. Yeah. And we have a whole protocol in fact, my sister has some kind of sickness right now, and she said, I asked her if there was anything I could do to help her. She has sore throat and stuff. 
she's down in bed, so it's pretty. It's probably a serious adverse event. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she got the flu but shot. I don't think she so. She wouldn't though. admit it to you. She no, would. she wouldn't. But I said, "Is there anything you can do?" And she, she said, "No, Mary. You've already told me everything I can do in that flu um, podcast, where we've got the Immuplex and, of course, the the um, six three six, the calcium and Cataplex C and Cataplex F, and then for." For follow-up secondary infections, we have another protocol you do. So we're not saying just don't get the flu shot and just cross your fingers. We're saying support your body. This is the forbidden information that nobody will tell you. Support your body before, during, and after the flu. Right. If you if you get it. So um, let's see. There are um, precautions. They they have all over everything on the internet. The Guillain-Barre syndrome is a huge side effect of getting the flu shot. Um, the nineteen this is when they found out the nineteen seventy six flu or swine influenza vaccine was associated with a elevated risk of Guillain-Barre syndrome. So. Um, Let's see. Here's here's an interesting fact. Fluzone high dose has not been evaluated for carcinogenic or mutagenic potential or for impair, impairment of fertility. The animal reproduction studies have not been conducted with fluzone high dose. It's also not known whether fluzone high dose can cause fetal harm when administered to a pregnant woman or can affect reproductive capacity. And yet... They give it to pregnant women. They give it to pregnant women. It says research has demonstrated that polysorbate 80 can lead to infertility in rats. And then a study published in the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxicity said... discovered that polysorbate 80 accelerated the rat's maturation, prolonged the estrus cycle, decreased the weight of the uterus and ovaries, caused damage to the lining of the uterus indicative of chronic estrogenic stimulation. The rat's ovaries were also damaged with degenerative follicles and no corpia lutea, a mass of progesterone-secreting endocrine tissues that form immediately after ovulation, and such severe deformities to the ovary can lead to infertility. Fertility. So I often, I often ask when I'm talking to patients who, a woman, married woman, married for a while, no children, um, and they're concerned about that. Others who aren't concerned, the discussion never goes much further than that, <clears throat> except to ask what their uh, antibiotic history. I mean, their vaccination history is. Yeah. Because polysorbate 80 occurs in a lot of vaccines, and here's a study that shows it can cause infertility. Well, it says it can lead. Such severe deformities to the ovary can lead to infertility. <laughs> I mean, you would think all those things that I listed. So... It is up to you, of course, always what you put in your body. Luckily, still in Utah, where we live, you have a choice. Um, I don't know that the flu vaccine is mandated anywhere that I've heard. Well, in the hospitals. Well, of course, the um, employees. Yeah. But um, I don't know that it's mandated for schools or anything anywhere. Well, it's amazing to me how many... um how many people involved in healthcare, nurse level on up, are completely ignorant of what we just got through talking about? Yeah, completely. But one of the things, um, vaccines aren't taught much in medical school at all. <clears throat> I was very surprised to discover this on my own. Uh, they're mentioned briefly in the sense of it's the greatest discovery in the last century 
to prevent serious disease. But that's about it. Yeah. There's, there's no real uh, uh, discussion, research, investigation into the controversial side effects of these chemicals in the body. Well, here's a lady that commented at the end, and she said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I do have concerns about polysorbate 80 in particular. Throughout my life, I have fainted after almost every vaccination and felt weak and ill for a couple of days. The number of times I have not fainted is few enough that I remember them all. I became curious and looked for a common thread to explain this. All of the injections that cause fainting contain polysorbate 80, and none of the ones that did not cause fainting contain this excipient. I now avoid vaccinations containing it, and so far, no fainting. There are a few studies that suggest that some individuals get anaphylactoid reactions to polysorbate 80 for, and she gives a website and stuff, um, but not much about it in the literature, and my physician had never heard of this possibility. Hmm. So, you know, you have to ask, why does she keep getting these vaccinations? She sounds like an adult. But, you know, the, the, the um, pressure is so great on these people. Oh, yeah. And for, for um, you know, grandparents, they have a tremendous amount of pressure to get these shots before they see their grandchildren from their young children who don't realize that you live through the flu, you live through chickenpox, you live through measles, you live through Oh, let, let me mumps. say one thing about CDC's listing deaths from flu. Yeah. Uh, that's not an honest number. Uh, flu deaths uh, for flu-specific is about 1,500 a year, although they'll say 30,000, 35,000. Oh, they'll say 80. and Or as high as 80. And it's not the flu that killed these people. It's the flu that they contacted, the contracted the flu. They got sick. But they were immunocompromised people for the most part, and it progressed to pneumonia. And then the secondary infection. And a secondary yeah. infection took mm -hmm. them out, yeah. not the primary infection. So it wasn't flu that killed them, yet it will say flu. But that's why we try to get out all of our information, the Forbidden Doctor, so you can strengthen your body so you don't get the flu, or if you do, you live through it and you don't get a secondary infection. You know, that's like being in a serious car accident and you fracture your leg and you go into surgery so they can pin it back together, but a little piece of fat gets loose into the bloodstream. You get a fat embolism, it gets into the lungs, and you die from that, and they want to blame the death on the car accident. Yeah. That was just the beginning. Many times it's not the flu at all. So one thing that would help us better understand if, you are, if you've ever had serious worries about vaccine damage or anything would be the free symptom survey. Yeah. So don't forget. if That'll tell us an awful lot. Yeah. We've seen enough don't of these now it. that we can begin to see underlying conditions that may be taking place inside of you you're not aware of. Or immune comprom compromise. Yep. You know, constantly get sick all the time. Just go to our website, ForbiddenDoctor.com, and take our free symptom survey. And at the bottom of the survey, you can write in things like, I'm a little immune compromised, or I think I'm iron deficient, or I think because I'm always exhausted. Or I've been feeling such and such since my last flu shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm depressed. There you go. All those types of things. And then we'll send you a protocol personalizing just for you based on the questions you answered in the survey and what you wrote at the bottom. And if you'd like, you get a free, free again, 30-minute phone consultation from one of our nutritionists. And... Um, Many of you are finding us for the first time, so keep in mind the protocols on our website and even, yeah, the protocols on our website and what we're talking about are only available to logged in users, but you can create an account instantly by taking the symptom survey. Yes. So 
Anyway, understand the survey saves you money in the long run because you're not taking supplements you don't need. All of this is at no charge to you. Yes, and if you decide to purchase the recommended supplements, because up to this point it's free, you can get them at a 10% discount if you'll sign up for our text blasts. These text blasts give you fantastic coupons every single week. Just text the word HEALTHY to 41411, and we will text you back a coupon code that you can use on our website at ForbiddenDoctor.com when you check out. And if you want a 20% discount all the time, you join our VIP membership. Just go to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash VIP. And you can always call the office, 801-523-1890, and they can help you answer any questions about the supplementations or how to take the symptom survey or Forbidden Doctor's mission, which is revealing health secrets they don't want you to know. And remember, your patronage keeps our offers, keeps this podcast on the air. The statements made in this podcast about specific products have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided or any information contained on or in any product label or packaging or this podcast is for informational purposes only and it is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for listening to this forbidden information in our forbidden podcast. And join us next time for another in-depth discussion of forbidden knowledge. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. If you are curious about long-life energy enzymes or ageless thyroid, you can purchase them without a membership from our website at ForbiddenDoctor.com or get our enzyme formula from Amazon.com by searching the full term Long Life Energy Enzymes. Don't forget to take our obligation-free symptom survey to get a free personalized supplement protocol recommended for you by Dr. Jack, Mary, or one of our qualified nutritionists. Take the survey, get a call from our nutritionist to create a protocol and a patient login, then use that login to see your own personal protocol along with any favorites you've saved from our symptom library. Remember, our website and our clinic are here for you always.